What a joy it has been this season and this new year to bring to you this series called New Normal. I never really dreamed when we had discussed this series several months ago what this series particularly would mean for me. And I know that it's meant a lot to you because I've heard from you. And thank you for that. I love hearing from you. Um, thank you for your, your sweet comments and thank you for your encouragement. And thank you for just being a part of Crosswalk. And if you're visiting with us, here's the deal. You matter to us. We love you. And that's not just church talk. We genuinely mean you matter to us and we love you. And it's important to us that you know that. We love you so much. There is nothing in your life that is bigger than knowing the love of God. And we want you to know he loves you. He picked you out and he chose you. And so please know that you matter. You matter to God first and foremost. And you matter to Lover's Lane. So thank you for joining us and being a part of service with us today. This is our last Sunday of New Normal. As we start a new series, as many of you have seen uh, Andy talk about it, we start a new series called Open. It's about relationships. We are aware in the life of the church that relationships have taken a hard hit over the past year. They just have. Friendships, families, marriages. You know, the divorce rate right now is up more than it has been in a really long time. The pandemic, losses of jobs, things that have happened, the unknown, the unfamiliar, the uncharted waters that we have been in, it's caused havoc on relationships. So the next two weeks, we're going to kind of talk about what that means. So hold on. Know that next week we're going to hit on that and you're going to love it. I really believe that. And it's all relationships. All relationships. So join us. Invite a friend. Maybe you've got a friend out there. Or maybe someone in your life that that relationship has been broken. And you need to watch the next couple of weeks together. I invite you to really pray and think about that and bring them aboard to watch with us the next couple of weeks. But today... We're going to close out our new normal series. And man, there has never been a time personally for me that the word new normal has ever been so deep and so thick as it feels to me right now. But over the past few weeks, we have looked at what a new normal looks like after Jesus passes by. 5,000 people are fed. Naaman goes from having a stigma of leprosy to being completely healed and not just healed, but skin of a young man. Lazarus is brought from the dead. Can you imagine standing there around the tomb that day and Lazarus that you're crying one minute because he's in the tomb dead and the next minute he's walking out going, hey, How about last week when we talked about on the Sabbath, Jesus healed the woman in the synagogue. For every one of these stories has the same ending. Because of Jesus passing by, their normal turned into a new normal. 
For me, every Sunday, when I preach, I always know I am preaching to myself, and I want you to understand that. I am preaching to myself as much as I am with you. And to be honest, I'm probably preaching more to myself. But this week for me particularly has hit really close to home in this chapter. Because we've all been feeling like, you know what? Jesus is eventually going to pass by. Just like he did for the 5,000. He's going to pass by just like he did for Naaman. He is going to pass by just like he did for Lazarus. When he wept at the tomb of Lazarus. He is going to pass by just like he did for the woman that had been sick for 18 years. And so there's kind of been this notion, I think even particularly for me subliminally, that maybe Jesus hasn't quite passed by yet for the rest of us. You know, because if he had, we wouldn't still be semi in this pandemic trying to figure out what that means and how much longer and vaccines and what does that mean for my job and am I going to have a job and am I going to be able to support my family? Am I even going to have a family because I don't know if we can get through this time? There's so many questions and so it feels like Jesus hasn't passed by yet. But before we get started, Today, one of the things I want to do, I've got Dawn in here with me and Jeff is in here with me and a couple of guests are with us today. We're going to have Crosswalk, if you know, we have Amen Corners. Lynn, if you're out there, Steph, if you're out there, Carla, come on now, help me out. So here's what's going to happen today. You're going to see this little sign that says, say amen. Where's it at? There we go. Every time you see, say amen. I want you to say amen, and then I want you to type it. Amen. Just so I know my amen corner is still out there, okay? So you ready? Let's try this. Jackie, let's take it off for a second. And I'm going to count to three, and then Jackie's going to put it up, see how you do. Okay, ready? One, two, three. Let me know. Type it right now. Let me know. Say amen. All right? So we're going to dive into this message today. And where you are, I want you to pull out your Bible and turn to 2 Corinthians 4. 2 Corinthians 4. We're going to start at verse 7. But we, that's you and me, not another we, that's you and me. But we have this treasure in clay pots so that the awesome power belongs to God and doesn't come from us. We are experiencing all kinds of trouble. Can I get a witness? But we aren't crushed. We are confused, but we aren't depressed. We are harassed, but we aren't abandoned. And here's the good one. We are knocked down, but we are not knocked out. Can I get a witness? There we go. You ready? Say amen. We have something to say amen about. You see, we may be knocked down or at least feel like we are. But we are not knocked out. 
There is so much about this verse that, that you could just preach on this verse all day long. But today, I want to remind us all that regardless of what you are going through, it is not over. And God is still moving. And God has been moving. So when you feel like, hey, I'm not the 5,000 that have been fed yet. Or I feel like Naaman and I'm never going to quit dipping in the pool. Let me tell you, he is moving. God is moving on your behalf. Every day we get to see the power of God in motion and how things may try and sometimes succeed at knocking us down, but it does not knock us out. You made it through school. That was one for me personally. <laughs> it was not an easy journey, but you made it. I loved college way more than I liked elementary, junior high, and high school. I wanted to just learn and be a sponge. You made it. Maybe for some of you during this time, you made it through a relationship and maybe that meant a divorce and you feel like a failure. You made it. Maybe some of you have said, I've made it with a lot of therapy and a lot of counseling, but I've made it. How about weight loss for some of you? You started off the first of this year trying to lose weight. or I know a couple of you have said, Didi, I'm trying to quit smoking. And then I'll get a text from you saying, well, I'm going to try again tomorrow. But you're still, still in the game. Better yet, maybe some of you have decided, you know what? Instead of giving up something, I'm going to take something on and I'm going to pray. I'm going to dive into the word because I don't know what else to do and I know that I'm going to get somewhere if I do that. Maybe that's you. Or how about this? This is one that really hit me this week, Don. Is what about the fact of unanswered prayer? You begged and begged God for something that you just knew at the time was the right thing and it wasn't answered. Guess what? You're still here. And some of us today, I know, I can tell you for a fact, I thank God for unanswered prayer. Because what I thought was really good for me wasn't, and I'm so thankful he didn't listen to me. I'm thankful that he knew better than me. For your miracle was unanswered prayer. And none of this is easy, but the results are glorious. Maybe for some it even goes a little deeper. Maybe it is getting out of bed every single morning and putting one foot in front of the other because this time in your life you've felt you've lost hope. you felt you've lost purpose. And your miracle has literally been getting out of bed, making it to the sink to brush your teeth. But you made it. You made it. You may be knocked down, but you are not knocked out. Can I hear an amen? Say amen. Say amen. Let me know. Say amen. Come on. And then sometimes our new normal may be exactly what we need. Now this hit me for a few minutes to really think about. Maybe that, you know, because here's the deal. And don't leave me hanging. I know you guys are with me on this. Sometimes I think I know better for me. 
listen, God, if you will just stay right here, I'm going to go right there and I promise, God, if I need you, I will come back and get you. I think I know better. Just do. Because, you know, we do all this self-help and diving into scriptures and prayer and we come to church and so, you know what, I'm beginning to know who I am and Jesus, Jesus, let me tell you what that is. Isn't that crazy? But we still do it. I'm still down in my relationships because I thought that person was the best for me. And God's like, no, 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 your best hasn't even got to you yet. I'm going to blow your mind if you'll just give me the opportunity to do that. But you're still stuck over there. You've told me to stand over there and you kept walking that direction and your greatness is over there. Because sometimes your new normal is exactly what you needed. Is it possible that how we accept our situation depends a lot on the expectation that we've started with? Can you imagine, Don, if we walked in this church house every single Sunday expecting a move of God instead of, oh goodness, I had to get out of bed today? Or I've got so much laundry to get done, or I've got to get lunch ready, or I've got this to do. But when we walked in knowing, you know what, I'm going to give God an hour and a half. And not only am I going to do that, but I'm going to do it because it's my desire to do so, because I'm expecting God to move. Can you imagine what that would mean every single day that we wake up and we get out of bed and we have to go to work and we don't want to do nine to five and we know how it's going to be and it's so structured and it goes the same all the time. But can you imagine if we woke up and we got out of bed every day and we said, you know what, God, I'm expecting you to do something big at my job today. I'm expecting you to do something big in my car ride today. I'm expecting you to feed the 5,000. In my world today, not because of anything I'll do, because God, I'm expecting it because I know who you are. Are you sure your choices and thoughts are God's? Are they yours? Are you sure that your expectation is on you or is it on God? You know, I will promise you this. When you put your expectation on God, it will never let you down. When you put your expectation on you, you will let yourself down. You just will. Some of you feel like you've let yourself down through job loss. But God says, well, maybe this will give you the chance to find the right job now. Maybe for some of you, you feel like the failure that you have been through has been through this pandemic and you don't know what to do. And God says, all right, now you've got time to slow down and actually smell the roses that you talk about all the time. And maybe for some of you, you're like, well, I'm just home a lot. Well, maybe God has said, you know what? It's because you've got some time right now with your family that you will never have again. All of these things are hard. Job loss, don't get me wrong. This pandemic has been difficult. But if you expect God to move, God will move. But if you expect yourself to move and it just to stay the same, then you might just stay the same. For if we approach change and challenging times with the belief that nothing good will come from it, then 
That may be exactly what we experience. But if we move forward in the unknown, believing that God is always at work and looking for God's movement, then I think that's exactly what we will experience, a true move of God. That same God that performed all of those miracles, that same God that that was in the tabernacle, that healed the young woman after 18 years, that's the same God we're talking about today. That God has not changed. Our tabernacles look different. Our clothes look different. We look different. But the God from back then is the same God today. And then there's a scripture that is a great reminder of this. And it comes from Romans. In chapter 5 it says, But not only that, we even take pride in our problems. Wait, what? Did you hear that? Let me read that one more time. We what? But not only that, when even, we even take pride in our problems because we know that trouble produces endurance. All right, y'all get ready for this. This is about to get good. Endurance produces character. And character produces hope. That's God. This hope doesn't put us to shame because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit (laughs) who has been given to us. What are your expectations? God didn't promise easy. God didn't say, if you follow me, I promise It's going to be a bed of roses. Just hang on. It's going to be fine. We're going to have a blast. It's going to be game day every day. But what he did promise is that there may be times you are knocked down, but he promised you'll never be knocked out. Can somebody say amen? Let me hear you. Come on, type it out there. Say amen. And here's the last part I want to share with you. And I want you to hear real close because I know some of you, I'll get a text from you saying, girl, do you know me? But maybe you are someone's miracle. Maybe you are someone's miracle. Maybe you are the answer to someone's prayer. Maybe your ability to be present in the moment like Jesus was in the synagogue has brought forth a new normal for someone that could have never made it happen on their own. For you could be a miracle for a stranger, for a friend, for your family, for your spouse, for your children, for your co-workers. After all, you are, you, you are God's masterpiece. You are not knocked out. You, you. And some of you sit there as I say you and you're like, man, she she doesn't know me. She has no idea. She has no idea what goes through my brain and my thoughts and what I even did yesterday or last night even. 
and that I'm barely watching today and maybe I'm watching because they're making me. Or maybe some of you turned on today and you're watching because this was your last hope of what has God in your life. And now she tells me that I could be someone's miracle. Does she know me? And you're right, I may not. But here's what I want you to understand. It's not really important if I know you. I'd love to. And if I don't, I want to. But I want you to understand that wherever you are, whatever you are experiencing, whatever is going on in your life, God knows you. And God loves you right where you are. So yes, you could be someone's miracle. You. Take that in for just a minute. You. Not too many, many years ago, my dad had this friend. We called him Charles. I believe Mr. Charles had probably been widowed most of his life. I'll never forget Mr. Charles. Mr. Charles was African-American. The, one of the most handsome men, but one of the quietest gentlemen I'd ever met in my life. And he and my dad were the best of friends. And not long, probably about three months after my dad had passed away, I get this sweet email. And all I remember for a minute was this email from it being from Mr. Charles. Because Mr. Charles didn't say much. He hugged a lot. He smiled a lot. But he was a man of wisdom. So when he opened his mouth, you listened. And he didn't feel the need to say a lot. But on this particular day, he felt the need. And he said, Didi, I want to tell you a story. And he said, it's a story you never knew and your mom never knew. He said, but do you know how your dad and I became best friends? And of course, I'm reading this in the email. He says, one day he said, I had to have a meeting with your dad. And, and he was selling parts for what I was needing and we were meeting he said that particular day I had buried my mother a week before and he said I'll never forget I walked into your dad's office and he said I went to take my trench coat off and he said I put my hand in my pocket and when I pulled out there was a scarf that belonged to my mama And he said, oh, Dee Dee, he said, I was standing in front of your dad. He was bigger than life behind his desk with this scarf in my hand and tears falling down my eyes. Because all I could think was I just buried my mom. And there's the reminder. 
And he said, this gentleman that didn't know me very well gets out behind his desk and says, come on. And he said, your dad went and put me in his car. And he said, we got in the car. And he said, we just begin to drive. And he said, and in that drive, when I'm supposed to be in a meeting, your dad says, tell me about your mama. And Mr. Charles said, from that moment, he said, your dad and I were the best of friends. And he said, for an hour and a half, he let me just talk and cry. We didn't sell wheels. We didn't sell trailer parts. We didn't sell anything. We talked about mama. And he said, I want you to know that day, your dad was a miracle for me. And he was the miracle I didn't even know when I woke up that day that I would need. And because of that, Mr. Charles became a miracle to all the rest of us. Just having Mr. Charles in our life was a miracle. See, you never know when God will use you. And what was everyday living for my dad to get this gentleman into the car, just to let him talk and just let him be him for a while. Dad didn't know what a miracle that would be for him. Dad had no idea what Mr. Charles would be a miracle to us later in life. But Mr. Charles knew. And most of all, God knew. And how does God know? Because he knows you. He knows me. And he knows what we need better than we do. And the crazy part, that's what he wants to give us. Can you say amen? Amen.